All right, I want to welcome on my next guest. We have our first recurring guest. First time. First time ever. We have Mark Sessler around the NFL podcast, NFL.com, NFL Media, NFL Network, NFL Everything. Do you still have Europe? Is it still thing NFL Europe? No? Is it, is it- I mean, I think the, the growing in Europe is a huge yeah. uh, it's a huge thing for the NFL to attempt to do, and I think they're doing that to some yeah. degree. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, like the the, the kind of like the G League ish kind of thing they used to have. That's that's. Oh, I wish that was still around. Yeah, like that those were fun to watch. Like in in lazy days in April, where you'd yeah. see like a quarterback that would be picked up a, a couple months later in training camp, and it you know they, they, I think the XFL was attempting to be that, and then a pandemic struck, and the XFL went the way of into a garbage can yeah. basically. So yeah, I mean like. <laughs> Haskins would would star in Venice if they had a team. So yeah, in Italy. So yeah, so we're about to approach week six NFL season. We only had one outbreak, but it's been a long one. Um, what have been your thoughts so far? What do you think is the biggest storyline right now at this point in the year? Well, I mean, I think that the the Corona thing is a huge storyline just because we were wondering all along what impact would it have. And like, I think it was pretty popular to say the season would start on time, whether it would finish is entirely a different topic. Um, But the NFL gets a good grade from me. And I think most people for putting in place uh, really strong guidelines that they've flexibly changed and improved along the way as they've hit some bumps. Um, But then the nature of this stuff is that there have been issues and, you know, we came real close to having, I think if another team or two had had an outbreak last week or over the last two weeks, it could have thrown things into real um, into a hellish landscape. And that's sort of just the problem is the lack of flexibility in the schedule. And, you know, I guess there's talks, um, they don't want to do this, but there's talks of adding that extra week to the season to, to, you know, undo some of the complications around it. But I'd say it's, it's, it's just a very surreal year because I feel like every time I, log on to Twitter or, or Roto world or anything, just where I'd get my news, like what's happened, what outbreaks have occurred. And like, it's almost um, a surprise when there isn't anything these days. So I know we're heading into what they are saying is the rougher part of the fall for all of this. And so I, the best the teams can get to bubbling. And I think they're trying to do that without it obviously being official because they've got families and kids. And I think we forget these players and coaches have huge lives outside of the complexes that they work in a number of hours a day. So bubbling just is not an option until you get to the playoffs and you got to hope for the best. And if, if you have to leave a couple teams behind, if something really serious happened, it's a weird year, it's just the way it goes. I think that there are just the, the wanting to avoid that is the key to keep it a season without like a huge asterisk attached to it. Yeah. If the jets have played their last game, I don't think anybody's going to be really overthinking it because we haven't really seen anybody in New York, but do you, the one thing I keep thinking is, okay, they, I, I've seen Florio tweeting about it. And I don't know if it's just him. He's been talking about having like the home base bubbles. And I know the players don't want to do that. And I understand it completely. It sounds, it sounds horrible, even though it's probably a nice hotel, but um, do you think they could implement that? Like if a team has an outbreak they're in the, they're in the home base bubble. Yeah. I mean, I think that like a hotel situation is probably the most realistic way to go. But I, the one, my takeaway is sort of that the the league and everyone has to be really fluid and like that they don't have all these plans in place because we didn't know a month ago what the last month would have looked like and what the real needs would be because that thing's been smooth. It's like, well, we don't need to have these teams like living in hotels necessarily. And I mean, you get worried about like the team that suddenly is onto an interim head coach with a third string quarterback and, you know, it's your own eight or whatever. And, and maybe life priorities just because there's a human element into this 
change, but most coaches have said that they haven't had to kind of, you know, scold the players that the players um, are to a, largely are very professional. And there's probably some veterans telling the younger guys, like, take this super seriously. But I mean, I just think of myself, like, I want to go see friends, I want to go do things. And like, can you imagine, um, you know, but I, it's like, I can, I can understand why I'm not supposed to be doing that. But if I were like a 22 year old, um, you know, most largely famous because of my athletic skills and had millions of dollars. I mean, there are other temptations coming to you. I have none coming to me on that front. So you can kind of fend it all off, you know? Yeah. Especially as teams uh, soon fall more out of and out of playoff contention than like some of these rookies, like, Hey, you're not really playing for anything. The season's a wash. They might think I got better things to do. And then that could be disaster. So you got that only needs to be like like two percent of your yeah. roster. It's not like the whole yeah. group is doing that. I mean, there are guys who are on IR but still around the complex working out. You know, you've got practice squad guys that maybe see their window of getting in the lineup changing or or diminishing, and so maybe you know it just takes one or two people to decide, uh, let's go do something else tonight than stay in our lonely quiet apartment. So so heading into week six. Who do you think is the most surprising team so far in the NFL? I mean, there's surprising teams that are bad. Like I'd go, but, but if you want to spin it positive, yeah, yeah. Um, let's go positive. I shouldn't be surprised by the Rams, but I am surprised by the fact that they're not just sort of hanging around as like, I think they're a legit um, strong playoff contender and team. I, I think that Goff's being better protected this year and McVay has switched that offense up. They're more, they're based off of throwing to tight ends. Now uh, they're run heavy. Goff has been Goff's like yards per attempt are low, but it's because they're a yard after the catch type of team. And they have the right kind of roster right now. And you've got Aaron Donald and they just seem to have, this sort of feels like Rams 2.0 to me and the four one record. Look at you've beaten we get we get that they've gone and beaten essentially a bunch of the nobodies. NFC East, NFC the East. NFC they, East, the entire NFC East, they beat the That's NFC the East, and I, I really didn't like their first um, their game against the Giants. They kind of they kind of didn't show up there to me a little bit, but they found their way out of that game with some big plays, and so I think they're better than you know, just a team that's wiping up on a bad division. I, so th- they're a surprise because I would have seen them as like two or three at this point, and not not had a huge problem with that. Browns are a little surprising. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that they, it shouldn't be because of their talent, but they were definitely a team that you could have said, look at rookie head coach, a lot of moving parts, some personalities there, and you're in, their schedule isn't the worst. But after that Baltimore game, to turn around and do what they've done, I think that most people would say yeah. we weren't seeing that coming. I wasn't as someone that follows the Browns pretty closely. I, I've been impressed with how organized they've looked. What do you expect this week against Pittsburgh? I think it's like, that's, you know, there's this just to me as a Browns follower and fan for my life, like there's just this huge psychological edge. I was just looking at these numbers and, you know, I mean, I lived through these games this past, you know, century has been awful for Cleveland, but it gets worse when you look Pittsburgh, Cleveland and Baltimore, Cleveland. I mean, they are 18 and three, the Steelers against the Browns in the two thousands and 16, three and one from 2010 until now. And I mean, it's hard to go through. I was looking at individual scores. I remember this game from 2005 that was 41 to nothing. I mean, those games just would be peppered into bad Brown seasons. And, and the most uh, disgraceful thing about it is that the rivalry uh, does not exist that way. And so you know, like you have to make this 
a game where Steelers fans look at the Browns on their schedule and think differently. Well, this would be a chance because you're four and one. And it's a legit four and one because of the way they play, because their offensive line is is rough and tumble because they can run the ball because their defense isn't very good, but they've got a couple stars on defense and they've, yeah. they've generated some turnovers and guys like Odell Beckham are playing like Odell Beckham in big spots. So I think if I'm a Steelers fan, I'm thinking this isn't those teams that we beat up on for two, for two decades. That said, I just, I, you know, I don't like the situation at all for Cleveland going into Pittsburgh ever until I kind of see it differently, but this is, they played him close a couple of times. Baker Mayfield is banged up right now. I, I don't think we don't, you know, I, I know by the time this comes out, we'll have more clarity on that, yeah. but on, on, you know, today he's limited in practice. And I mean, he looked to be playing through pain and the Pittsburgh's defensive line. I mean, TJ Watt and the rest of them are thinking yeah. we are going to hit him uh, endlessly from wire to wire. Which team do you think more people will be taking seriously if they win that game between Pittsburgh and Cleveland? Well, I think that would be a huge check mark for the Browns because, and I think they'd have to go back and then circle around and, and deal with the Ravens in a professional manner. And then suddenly the sky's the limit. But if they went and beat Pittsburgh in this game, you know, they came through this Colts scenario with the Colts defense, and then it would be the Pittsburgh experience. And I know that Dallas looks like a hot mess, but going into Dallas, if you're the Cleveland Browns and on national TV and taking out Dallas, that's an image change. It's all perception. It's a perception altering type of win. I think it would help the Browns tremendously. I think if the Steelers win, it's kind of like, this is an undefeated Steelers team with a lot of talent. They might have the best defense in the AFC. They've got all sorts of guys on offense. So it wouldn't be like, whoa, we think totally differently about Pittsburgh. It'd probably be more like they put Cleveland back in their place as they've done two or 300 times during my lifetime. So I have a question, just a hypothetical. I was thinking about the other day. It's not going to happen, but if it does, it'd be wild. If Andy Dalton takes the Dallas Cowboys to the Super Bowl, who is the starting quarterback next year in Dallas? Uh, it's so tricky. I think I think it would really be much more of a a Nick Foles type situation where it'd be this great this great um, story for a guy that like I've just completely dismissed, you know, Andy Dalton two or three hundred times. But I, I think they are if I'm if I can trust the words of of Jerry and Stephen Jones the day after Dak got hurt, saying that he is our leader, he's part of this team uh from now into the future he's our guy like i think they fit i think they believe that i think it got real tricky with the contract situation um but the idea that they were just going to let him go after this year i never really bought into that i mean he is like a a legit non-stop top seven quarterback to me and so andy dalton that would be a great story but would you really trust andy dalton to do that into the future i mean andy i will say that what coming in in showing the aggressive nature of throwing the deep ball that they trusted him to do that. We might get a version of Andy Dalton in a good offense that we haven't before. I think we're going to get an interesting Andy Dalton. That throw to Gallup to kind of end that game was incredible. Right. A question. Who's, whose start are you more surprised by the Packers or the Seahawks? Um, I would say the Packers. I didn't really buy into into their record a year ago. I mean, I thought they were a playoff team, but then yeah, the way they, they got they weren't beaten San Fran last year. There's no no. Chance. They got smoked by oh, San yeah. Francisco, and the way that that happened, it was like more work to do. But and then you know all the stuff with 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 Aaron Rodgers, and and you could you could see another world where like Aaron Rodgers is really annoyed right now, and Love is getting snaps or being brought in as like a gadget player left and right. And instead, we have Aaron Rodgers 
from five or six years ago, looking like the best quarterback around. And so that development is, was not what we were expecting three months ago. So that the nature of that is more surprising. I think they are a legit NFC title team that could go win a Super Bowl. Do you think Aaron Rodgers appearing on your colleague, Kyle Brands being his first podcast guest, maybe just turn the whole season around? It might have. Kyle has that kind of power. And I thought that, you know, that kind of like was a, I like watching that because Aaron Rodgers answered those questions really honestly about like when you see your team go draft. That's kind of when I was wondering what the future was because Aaron Rodgers acknowledged like when a team goes and picks the number one quarterback, is it that I'm going to fend him off for four years and they have plans around me? Or is it more likely that I won't be here sooner than later. And he answered the latter. He said, it's probably the latter. I mean, he's pretty realistic about that, but I think now, you know, you look at love and he's probably more in a Jimmy G scenario where if this is the Aaron Rodgers we're going to get down the road, then Aaron, then love is just simply a nice depth, but at some point he could be shopped. Are the bears for real? I don't buy into the bears just because I think the, I think it's 2020 and you know, they average, you know, they hover below just around 20 points a game on offense. I think they're deep. They've, they've been a defensive oriented team, like since the beginning of time. And I mean, they're going to win games like they did on Thursday against the bucks. I think that they're like a three and two team that's four and one and could finish nine and seven. I don't trust the quarterback play there at all. I mean, I feel like Allen Robinson's probably, He's probably frustrated, but he's getting, he's, you know, I think he and Foles could work together well. Yeah. But I, I, I look at the whole organization and feel like the general manager has taken them in the reverse direction with too many of his moves, not forward. And, and Matt Nagy, I, it, do I think that he's up there with the Kyle Shanahan's and the Matt LaFleur's and the Sean Payton's? I, we're just not seeing it. Like the team lacks identity versus having an identity on offense. Also, wearing a visor when you're bald when it's ten o'clock at night really doesn't really inspire much confidence. <laughs> Personal in <me>. choice. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? What are you like? What kind of protection are you getting? But um, uh, which one in four team do you have the highest hopes for this year? Houston, Minnesota, pretty sure they're four and four, or the Chargers? Well, in terms of like where they're going to finish, yeah, um, I'd say. Maybe maybe Minnesota can work their way out of some issues, but the team I'm most excited about that suddenly feels like it has no ceiling is the Chargers with Justin Herbert. I mean, I I think that we are introduced to five or six new quarterbacks a year, and some of them look like projects. Some of them have these moments that make you believe, and Justin Herbert is just like, oh, yeah, he's he's going to be great. Like the way he throws the ball and the way he uses his size and frame and he's just tough. And I, you know, I'm not a huge college football guy. So, and I I think that like his evaluations were maybe misrepresented by some because he was in an offense that didn't do what the chargers are having him do right now. But I mean that I, I I think it's maybe the prettiest, uh, he may be the prettiest passer around uh, I like I, I'm trying to think of whose passes I like more Aaron Rodgers can do with I mean, we can all do it but yeah. there's something about him that doing this in this you know fourth start and, and he did it earlier on too I mean just um that I think if you're a Chargers fan win loss like the future is bright this is a team that went from Drew Brees seamlessly to Philip Rivers yeah. and then you know thanks to a medical gaffe uh that kept Tyrod Taylor out of the this lineup conspiracy I wonder if he if he paid the doctor that's we'll never we'll never know we'll never know the story behind that one but it feels very Tyrod Taylor-ish to be removed in that fashion and it's like everyone loves Tyrod Taylor and it's kind of it's problematic that, that happened but that's sort of the way these NFL storylines occur is Tyrod Taylor is you know mismanaged with a needle and suddenly Justin Herbert who I thought would take like who needed the time away to learn comes in and lights the place up. So 
that's destiny. And I mean, that's a pretty three, pretty good three quarterbacks in a row for chargers fans to enjoy, despite the fact that the team I think is like thir- three and 13 yeah. in one score games over the last two years. It's no one else is doing that. I have a question. I've never been to LA. There's a lot of billboards in LA, right? I'm assuming a lot of billboards. Oh, they're all over the place. Okay. When is ActiveView going to sign Justin Herbert and get that, those, that stuff off his face? Cause that's an amazing opportunity for everyone. So oh, I don't know about that. I mean, everyone <laughs> jumps on these, these things, but you know, it's like, you remember how young these guys are. I mean, I like, I think it's like these people aren't 35 years old. They're still, some of them are still growing. So, I mean, just if Justin Herbert can't get any bigger, he's like six foot six. Do you, who do you think is this year's Titans? Whew. Well, I mean, I, I think that could be a team like the Browns. I mean, that, you know, that you didn't really see coming. And it, we're talking run heavy team that if when Chubb gets healthy, that's built to succeed in January. But I, because I'm kind of a Browns guy, that just feels like I'm just saying that. But I, if you want to, I, I would want to say the Raiders maybe. Interesting. Because the Raiders to me, if they can play the way they did, they, ju- they just did what the Browns need to do, which is they got through a rival that has just dismissed them for so long. And it's, it's the Patrick Mahomes version of that. And I think it answered a lot of doubts and questions about, Derek Carr. I mean, I think those doubts still linger, but to see what he did in that game when they're playing well, I mean, they knocked out the saints, they beaten the chiefs that has to put you in legit territory. Yeah. And I think Gruden, you know, I, I had my doubts when he returned. Uh, uh, this is pretty good football coach. I like Gruden and, and they've got the parts to be when they win, they're kind of fun to watch and they beat up on people and they've got some parts on offense that make them interesting. I'm not, the defense played a little bit better in Kansas yeah. city than, than we'd expect. So that maybe, maybe that's the team because truly even talent wise, no one saw that coming from the Raiders this season to the, to this degree, if they got to the AFC title game. Yeah. Who do you think is a better quarterback in waiting the Raiders and Nathan Peterman or the dolphins and Tua? Well, I mean, I'm not, I don't wait on Nathan Peterman at this point. <laughs> I wait every week. I'm like, all right, when are you going to pull the trigger? We need to see it. Is it, I would watch, I don't come. it'd be better than red zone and red zone, I think is the best thing since sliced bread. So Peterman, Peterman zone would be incredible. Um, honestly, I wanted to see Peterman versus James a couple of weeks ago. We, we did not get that. Oh, that'd but be spicy. It would have been incredible. And yeah. like the, the over unders and the, the spreads the people be losing their minds in Vegas. Yeah. It's incredible. What, what about um, with Kyler Murray? Do you, you see Arizona as a real threat to anything or do you think it's just a building year for them? I would have a couple of weeks ago, but I could, I think they came out of the gate hot looking the way that, that we thought they would a um, little out of sync on offense. They just seem like they're working through some things. I mean, it, DeAndre Hopkins is being targeted at massive levels and he, and, and he's pulling it off. I mean, I think there's chemistry between those two. They're, he, they helped close the game out together against the jets last week, but they weren't necessarily, you can go, they talked about, you know, Kyler Murray had the most passing yards he's had in a single game, but go watch that game. And I just wasn't that impressed with the Cardinals offense. They weren't dominant by any stretch and they've just lost Chandler Jones on defense. And I don't think Patrick Peterson is necessarily the same guy. So, you know, they, they may be a year away from, from really, from really maximizing like what they could be. And, you know, I, I don't think it's a matter of people figuring out Cliff Kingsbury's offense. I think they just haven't really gelled yet. What, what are your top three landing spots for Le'Veon Bell? Well, I think one would be not nowhere because he's making a lot of guaranteed money. And like, I don't think that, I think there's going to be people that who don't want the Le'Veon Bell experience right now, especially if they have a younger back that they can, that they can lean on it. 
if I had to go number two, I mean, there aren't that many teams that need like a starter right now. And like, if there was an injury, I think that could do it. People have talked about the bears, but if I'm Le'Veon Bell, why do I want to go to the bears? That would be my question. It's like, it's going to be part, part of it is like, where does Le'Veon Bell want to go? He wants to go and play for a Super Bowl team. So I always would throw New England to the mix because New England, suddenly if you had Cam Newton and Le'Veon Bell would go to New England and play like 12 times better than he did for the Jets because that just feels like the cursed nature of New York sports right now. I mean, I just would never put it behind beyond Bill Belichick to add. And I mean, they, they're the team that went after Antonio Brown. So why not be the, the team that goes after Le'Veon Bell? What about the Rams? Well, I think they've got three good running backs that they like. And they're they're definitely a committee backfield, and they seem to they seem to kind of change what they want to do depending on the on the opponent. So I don't if you're Le'Veon Bell and and you're thinking where am I going to go be like a star? I just don't know if that works. I think it had Detroit not signed Adrian Peterson, that would have been a landing spot because you could have been like the dude. Um, just sort of looking around the league though, I, I don't think there's a ton of spots. What about Tampa Bay though? I mean, I know they've got, they've got like, like they've got like 18 running backs, but I don't think any of them are that like are really that great. Ronald Jones yeah. has had a couple good games, yeah. but if you suddenly had Tom Brady and Le'Veon Bell, again, that that's just a huge upgrade and you just get you get rid of some of those other guys. What about Buffalo? That was another one I kept thinking about. I don't know if he wants to go to Buffalo, but I feel like that'd be a great fit. It'd be interesting. I mean, they've got Devin Singletary. I think that Zach Moss, when he gets healthy, is someone that they that they drafted for a reason. But if there were injuries there, I mean, I think like part of it, part of it is like, again, Le'Veon Bell making like 6 million guaranteed to do literally nothing right now, which he seems to like doing nothing. So like wait for the pristine don't, you know, there's not a rush to join, to join. He doesn't seem like he want must play football this Sunday. So there's a big injury will occur and there'll be a wide open spot for him. And then suddenly he can play hero. Are you concerned? Do you have any concerns about the Ravens' inability to be able to come back in games? I know they're against good teams, but we haven't seen it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I I think like in the playoffs two years in a row when they when they struggled, they in the Titans game has become this sort of like our other teams approaching Baltimore the way that Tennessee did. And Lamar Jackson even mentioned that uh earlier in the season when they've been slowed down a little bit, that look like they are treating that we're seeing a little bit of that. Uh, I don't know if you can ask Baltimore to be as dominant as they were a year ago. Yeah. I mean, they went 14 and two, everything went right. Yeah. Everyone was healthy right up until the playoffs. Then Mark Ingram, not, not Mark Ingram was not fully healthy. Mark Andrews was not fully healthy. And then the Titans were just playing out of their minds and with kind of nothing to lose. And so I think that Baltimore maybe needs to not be in these situations where we're the number one buy. I mean, they want to be the number one buy, but it's like, everyone expects them to just roll like they they maybe are a team that like it will it will be better for them to have a little bit of a lesser record just like and work through some games where they have to come back but if you're 14 and 2 last year i don't see a huge issue with comebacks because until the playoff game i mean they waxed like 90 percent of the league interesting do, do you think who who has shown their age more this year between brady and breeze oh breeze I mean, I know Breeze is, they both been quarterbacks have had like, here's a bad half followed by a good half or flip that, you know, and Breeze, uh, it's happened on national television twice where I just don't think he's looked entirely healthy or himself. And you've got the coach pulling him off the field for Taysom Hill, or I think force feeding Taysom Hill, a player that I loved, you know, leading up to this season um, in a way that just did not look right against the Chargers. And I, I, 
this is clearly the last season for Drew Brees, who already has a television deal yeah. lingering out there for Notre Dame football. And I don't know, I just, I, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I feel like I see a look in Brees' eyes where he can kind of see it too. And quarterbacks, when they, when it ends, it, and it can go like this. And that's not the case with Brady. I mean, he's, he's coming off a few games this season where he looks like he looks younger than he did yeah. a year ago and fresher. And, and I just kind of trust Tom Brady's Tom Brady's like desire to play football from now until the end. Um, he's not making plans for when he retires. I think when someone makes plans for post playing career, I mean, that puts you in a whole different headspace. Well, moving to Florida is plan one. So Yeah, that is plan. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. And I have a question. So right now it's looking like Trevor Lawrence is going to be number one pick. Which teams do you feel, besides Washington, because I think the writing's on the wall, do you feel like are ready to abandon maybe a, a, a player they drafted in the last couple of years and are ready to go all in on Trevor Lawrence? Well, I could see, first from a, from a veteran tradable angle, if the Falcons just went like one in 15 here, I think you could see them moving guys like Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and starting a whole new era. And, and if, and if you had, if they were zeroing in on a coach that really loved Trevor Lawrence, that kind of thing could happen there. Um, I, I know people keep talking about the jets and Darnold. I don't, and I don't, I don't see it. I don't, see I don't it. see that either. And I think that unless there was a swift regime change where again, it was like you were the only reason there's kind of precedent for this is because of Kyler Murray. And when, when the early whispers came out that Cliff Kingsbury was thinking about, you know, did he want Kyler Murray over Josh Rosen? It just seemed absurd to a lot of people because you don't ever move a first round quarterback after one season. But now we've seen that that was actually for that coach like the right thing to do. And for that team, the right thing to do. And Josh Rosen has not gone on to some great career. Otherwise, I guess the circumstance is obviously yeah. negative for him, yeah. but it's got to open up the mind. It's a copycat league, right? We know that. And so other GMs are thinking, well, wait a minute. I have this quarterback that's good. I'm going to have to suddenly, I think the part of it is like the Sam Darnold issue is like, how do you deal with Sam Darnold's next contract? If this season goes the way it's going and the next season is with a, Four, third or fourth offense that he's in yep. a new coaching staff and you don't get a full read on him then you've got to decide if you want to start picking up the fifth year option if you want to give him that that extension sooner so it doesn't cost you more down the stretch it's more than just like is he playing well uh, and I don't I, I feel like D Daniel Jones could be another person that could be usurped right but I but but I still would want to just see more from Daniel Jones and so it puts you in a real tough spot because you got to get it right like the Cardinals look like they got it right and, and I mean, Washington seems like they already have telling us what they're going to do, yeah. but you get no hint of that from New York, but we also have no idea who's going to be in charge in New York, either, either with either team, you know, after, after this season, I think, you know, Joe judge, if he likes Daniel Jones, they're going to stick with him. Interesting. And then have you looked into any of the other quarterbacks in this draft? I know the kid Lance is drawing a lot of attention as well as Justin Fields. Are, they, are any of them even close to Lawrence on in your? I think it's just I think it's Lawrence and then then the rest of them. And, and, and you know, I in our role, we pick up these players when they get drafted, yeah. because if I tacked on like Tuesday, Friday and Saturday college games into this situation that yeah. I'm in with like yeah. wife and kids home 24 seven, I would quickly be living like in a studio apartment somewhere. So, <laughs> but I, but I mean, Trevor Lawrence just seems to be the thing that there's always this one quarterback that is the fascination of everyone before, you know, he's even draft eligible.
Do you think he's the type of quarterback that's going to go to the team with the first pick, or do you think it could be a case like a couple of years ago when the Trubisky draft, when they traded up and Houston traded up, and is something like that going to happen? Well, it all depends because I think it's the Jets. If the Jets are that team right now, Joe Douglas, I mean, he's telling you we will trade Jamal Adams yeah. for picks. We wanted to trade Lev Bell. I mean, we're dumping stars. And so why not? It would be great for him and a selling point to stick around if they could sit in that number one spot and trade it away, keep Sam Darnold, trade it away to another team for an absolute bundle. I mean, that, and then if you hit on those picks, you can say Joe Douglas is someone that can turn the Jets around. Do you, do you think that Jacksonville's happy with Minshew or do you think if they had the top two pick, they'd grab him? No, I would, I would just assume they'd take Lawrence. I think Minshew's been really good for them, but I mean, it's, you, you can't be the guy that did that. I, I think part of it is just there's too much pressure with Trevor Lawrence sitting out there to try to defend Gardner Minshew, a six-round starter as your guy. And I mean, Minshew is, could start somewhere else. I don't, I'm not saying he's not a starter. I like Minshew, but like, I think that, that that's when you get caught in the crosshairs where those quarterbacks know that they're, they're dead meat. Yeah. especially when you have two quarterbacks like that with amazing flow, because I don't think that's ever been done. Before. No, and I don't know if they could really be on the same locker room together. It's too yeah, much. Yeah, especially with I mean, the haircuts. Yeah, that's what it's I mean. Like too much. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, the, yeah. The, it'd be this, the stylist in Jackson will be having a great day. <laughs> and then I got one last question for you. What's what's one more bold prediction for you for the season that we have that something that you think is going to happen we haven't seen yet? Um, you know, I I think that I think that Seattle is the Super Bowl team. I don't know if that how how bold that is because I think just people kind of count them out. Here's another one. I think the Dolphins are are going to sneak into the playoffs as the seventh wild card, um, and I think it's going to happen primarily and almost exclusively with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Interesting. And that I'm you know I think that that last wild card spot, if if a few teams suffer injuries and stuff, will be obtainable. And I think the Dolphins are going to go on like kind of like a five six game win streak and be the story of the AFC in November and December. Interesting. You know, I can't wait. Hopefully these guys are staying safe. I know Melvin Gordon got into some trouble today. Hopefully he's all good. But yeah, but this has been a lot of fun. So how can people find you on social media if they're not already following you? Uh, just my name, Mark Sessler, M-A-R-C-S-E-S-S-L-E-R at Twitter. Uh, we're on the Around the NFL podcast three times a week. That's easily findable on Twitter too. And, uh, you know, that's about it. Just write some articles here and there and, you know, trying to get through this season.
Plenty of...